0: Hey everyone, thanks for joining me. I hope everyone's having a great Sunday. I got a few minutes of me time, so I decided to come on and share some things with you that um, one of them I've heard rather recently and another one is actually something that happened to a family member of mine. So I'm going to start with that one. So this happened sometime in the 1970s, probably around 1977. And at that time, I was a kid, I was young, but I do recall this, this incident. The person who this happened to was a family member who was one of these people who, they were not scared of anything. This person was a Vietnam veteran. He was not scared of anything and just a big guy, a very level-headed and who never was one to make up crazy stories or embellish anything. Also, if this person ever had any fear, he would not show it. No one knew if he was actually scared of certain things or anything like that. So anyways, the story goes that, and I recall this. I'm going from my memory. This person was on leave from the army. One of his friends worked part-time as a security guard in this, car I don't know if it was a car dealership or a car rental place I really don't recall but it was a car lot or perhaps it was a car lot where they sold it was a dealership but in certain areas of this dealership they also had a car rental area this place was in Orange County California so since The guy who worked there was going to have uh, some sort of procedure, some sort of medical procedure, and he wouldn't be able to go to work for a couple of weeks. So he asked his friend, who was the family member of mine, if he would take his place until he was able to return. Since he was on leave, he figured maybe he could go in for him. So, it was like, okay, sure. I'll I'll go in there for you. It was a night. So, he would work, I believe it was 10 p.m. to 7 6 or 7 a.m. So, he would be there overnight a few nights a week. On this particular night, he was at the dealership and he would have to kind of like patrol the area every now and then. And he would have his choice whatever kind of car he wanted to drive while doing this. He was in the office with all of the car keys available to him and so on. So every so often, he would get in one of the cars and go drive around and patrol the the dealership. And it was a pretty big place. We know car dealerships can be pretty big. Anyhow, he was in the car and he would have to log it. I believe you had some sort of a log book at the time. There was no digital anything. So you would have to actually write it down in this booklet. What time and so on. So he was sitting there in the car after He had made his rounds, and there was a knock on the window. He was thinking, who in the world could be out here? By this time, I believe it was after midnight. He looks over, and it was coming from the passenger side of the car. And he said there were two children out there. And they told him, can you let us in? We're tired and we're cold. We want to come in right away. He said every alert that he had, like an alert system you have within yourself, everything just went off. And he knew right away, oh, no, no, something's really, really wrong here. He got this horrible feeling of dread then what he noticed he said it looked to him like these children had no eyes it wasn't until afterwards that he realized that their eyes were blacked out he went on to say that these children were probably no older than 11 so now it's After midnight, it's in a closed dealership and two kids are out there wandering around with black eyes. Now, you have to remember something. This took place in the 1970s. This is before you were able to go online and hear about any types of Encounters like this, this I, I'm sure that at some time, maybe even before the 70s, there were some people who had these encounters with black-eyed children. But at this time, we really didn't know about this phenomenon. When he had this experience, he said that he started up that car and he drove back around to where the office was, that he would he would go in and be there for the next hour and a half whatever until he had to go make his rounds again and sometimes he would walk he said it's nice outside whatever he wouldn't drive the car he would go and walk the parking lot out there he would walk the whole the whole place So he parks his car. He's shaken up. He said it it really kind of like spooked him. He went back in the office and he was sitting in there thinking about what just happened to him. He felt kind of guilty in a way also because he was thinking maybe they were really kids and they needed my help. And I just drove away. See, he wasn't used to behaving this way. This was so out of character for him, but he just couldn't shake that feeling that this is not an ordinary type of uh, encounter here. So a little while later, he hears tapping at the window. This office within that dealership wasn't real big. It was closed off from the rest of the dealership area where they drive the cars in and stuff. So it was just like a small type of office and the window to look outside was right there. Kind of like I guess people could uh, drive up there and you could hand them their keys or whatever out one of those windows. So he heard a tapping on one of the windows there and he looked and he said it was the same two children. And they were continuing to say the same thing. We just want to come in. We're cold and we're tired. We just want to come in and sit down. And he said he had no words, but he could feel inside himself. he was shaking, and he couldn't he he couldn't think of anything to say to these kids. Then they started becoming more aggressive and they started pounding on that window and they were demanding now to be let in. And at the time, he said he felt like he was kind of like under some sort of hypnosis. He was unable to bring himself to say anything and he was almost unable to move except for a feeling like he was going to open the window until finally he kind of like came to. And he said he stood up because he knew that these things were evil. He had been confronted with kind of like, um, not black-eyed children, but he had been confronted with some experiences before, and he recognized that feeling and the feeling of evil. So he stood up, and he yelled at those children, and he said, you better get the fuck out of here right now. I'm not calling the cops. You get the fuck out of here. I'm coming after you. And he said those children didn't walk away, didn't run away, didn't fade off. They disappeared like poof. They were gone. After that, he went outside. Now, this is something that I would not be able to do. No, I'm not going out there. He went outside and he walked around all over the place looking to see if anyone was there. He couldn't see anyone. There was no one around. He went back in that office and he said, I sat down and I was just thinking, what in the hell just happened to me? So... It wasn't until recently that I could answer that question and actually tell him there is a phenomenon. It's called the Black Eyed Children. And I was able to tell him about the ex- the first experience that I heard of was that guy who was filling out a bank note in his car. And he was going to go make a deposit when these children came knocking on his car window saying that they forgot their money they were going to go to the movies or and could they give him a, could he give them a ride and all this stuff and I don't remember what year this happened in I believe it was in the 90s maybe the early or mid 90s but that was the first one I heard of personally when I heard that story I remembered the story that I was told back when I was a kid and that's when I discovered that, okay, this has actually been going on before the 90s. Now, the earliest story that I've got is this one that I just told you, because I know that happened like in 1977. But it goes on. It gets a little bit, a little bit um, more intense because I told you that this man was not afraid of anything. He still isn't. There's just nothing. He's not scared. After all of the things that he's been through, he has no fear. Anyways, after that incident, I believe he had like two more nights that he had to do for his friend, Until he was free, until he was able to, his friend was able to come back and he was like, okay, I don't have to do this anymore. The other thing that was so very out of character for this guy is because he actually had someone go with him. Now, that's how much this shook him up. He had one of his sons go with him one night. And then for the last night that he had to do this job, he had uh, someone else go with him. I don't remember if it was like one of his daughters or whoever it was. But that is how much this really got to him. So this phenomenon, sometimes I think of it and it seems to be At first, it's going to startle you. The one thing is, these people, whatever, or these things, whatever these entities are, they seem to come out at night. They seem to come out at times where your guard is just really, really down, which is usually at night. No matter how, and and I've spoke about this before, no matter how wide awake we feel, no matter how on top of the situation we feel, at night, we are actually a little bit less, like, um, energetic or, like, on top, mentally, okay? We're just a little bit with, like... um. I'm trying to look for the word. They're, the only thing I can think of is like minus. We are just slightly minus the way we are during the daytime, especially when the sun is out. And these things, whatever they are, seem to know this. And it just will give you a start I yeah, I can just imagine. But then I mean the the rest of this, the what this means to people who actually experience this seems to be more intense than what we just read about. It kind of um leaves like a scar on the psyche. Having had that experience may not frighten you like other things, but it leaves that scar nevertheless. And to some, it's very traumatizing. It all depends on the individual, on the timing, on the actual encounter. Like if they start becoming more aggressive, things like this. It's a different scenario for everyone who has this encounter. So for me to sit here and say, well, it doesn't sound like it's really, really that creepy, especially if you can... Just tell them to get the heck out of there or whatever. But see, I've never had that encounter, so I don't know. Maybe it would scar me forever also. I'm thinking, yes, yeah, probably so. But anyone who knows this person would be pretty surprised to know that he actually took on the two other nights one of his children to accompany him because that just shook him up so bad. So that tells me a lot. I have heard also, for whatever reason, it seems like truckers, maybe because they are alone on the road a lot, they are driving at night a lot, things like this, especially back 20 25 years ago when things were so different didn't have the communications that they do now with the cell phones and zoom and all this other stuff that they're able to do so i guess at that time they were just um it was just cb cb radio communication and things like this So being out on the road was probably a little more treacherous than it is today, simply because there was a lack of technology as far as communications go and things like this. And there was a story that I read about a truck driver who was driving through this certain part of Nevada. And he became very tired. So he was going to pull over and go to sleep for a while. He had been driving for so many hours already, so it was time for him. So he pulled over off of this highway somewhere in Nevada. It's been a while ago, so it wasn't built up. You had a lot of just emptiness around. That's what he was driving through. So he went ahead, he pulls over, he goes back in his cab, and goes to sleep for a while, and what wakes him up a little while later is he heard some tapping. So he got up, cause he continued to hear this tapping sound. He thought that, oh, it's probably the CHP. So he went to go and get his books so he could present them to CHP, I guess his log books, whatever, how many miles or how many hours he had drove. And that's why he was pull, pulled over on the side of the road and going to sleep. So he says he gets back into uh, the front there and he is in the passenger's side because that's where he heard the tapping and the CHP thought it was going to be a CHP officer. And what he saw was the same thing. Okay, he sees these um, children with black eyes. Now he's out in the middle of nowhere on this lonely highway with Nothing around. No buildings, no gas station, no donut shop. Nothing. No restaurant. I mean, absolutely nothing. Just cactus. That's the first thing that he realized. Two children out here? I don't think so. Plus, it was 2 a.m. So these children start saying that they would like him to give them a ride. They're lost. And he it's the same type of situation. He can't say anything. He's just at a loss for words. He's freaked out. And all the while in his mind, he's thinking, how are two children out here in the actual middle of nowhere? Then he realizes that They have black eyes. He said where eyes should have been, there was nothing but black. So he told them, you need to go wherever you came from. You need to get out of here. And then they started tapping on the window harder. They started becoming more demanding. This seems to be a common thread here. With many people who have these encounters. So they start demanding that he give them a ride. They're lost. It shook him up now to the point where he went ahead, he put his logbook away, he moved over to the driver's seat, started up his truck, and took off. As he drove away, he could see in his mirror that those children were standing there just watching him as he drove away. So as he continues on down the road, he travels so many miles and he said, I saw those same children. He had been driving for maybe an hour. And he saw them. He remembered their clothing. He remembered how they looked. And he said, they were the same children. I had been driving for about an hour. And there they were again on the side of the road. So he's being harassed by these entities. Why? Why Would these things do this? And why, how, more likely, are are they able to do this? This is my belief, what I'm going to tell you. And my personal belief is because he was so scared. And trust me, I would be also, especially in a middle of nowhere situation. So this guy was so scared that they felt that, and that gave them more strength. So they were attracted to that fear because it's what feeds them. So these stories of the encounters with these black-eyed children, just seem to go on and on. The more you look into these things, the more that you realize that these things happen more, perhaps, than we realize. One of the reasons why I didn't tell the story about my family member before is because I actually... I mean, I have so many stories from so many people, as well as my own. Sometimes they're like way back in my mental archives until something will jar that memory. And I'll be like, oh yeah, I remembered that story. I remember that encounter that he told me about. And I even went to that car dealership It was a couple of years later and I don't uh, I don't recall who I was driving with and I said let's stop by there and just check it out because I heard a story about this place and I just wanted to go and see if I could feel anything. I was just trying to get a read of that place. And I... Went there and I was looking for some of the places that he described and so on. So, I'm going to tell you that the only reason that I believed I could, I'm not going to say there was an overwhelming feeling there, but the reason I believe that I felt anything at all is because... I tend to think that because there was already the power of suggestion there. I can't say for sure that I felt anything because it's like going to the Queen Mary. You already know all about it. So you go in there and of course you're going to think you feel something or this and that. So it was the same thing with this. I just kind of, well, I kind of feel something here, but it could be. Mainly my imagination because I already know of an incident that happened here. So I can't tell you guys 100% for sure that what I felt was because the place is actually active or because of what I already knew. The actual office area that he had described I went by there. I will tell you that in the daytime, it's just nothing. It's just a a little office area. However, I don't want to be there at night. And the reason for that is because of what I know about it. So once again, I cannot be completely unbiased about that situation about that place. I don't even know if it's still there. It's been so long now. I mean, maybe it is, but uh, it's probably not. Anyhow, um, that's all I've got for the black-eyed children. Now, this next story that I'm going to tell you is... Almost like a continuation of what I spoke about yesterday or the, the last time I came on about these um, different dimensions and things like this. And people who have experienced certain things with with all of this, uh, I'm not going to call it time travel, but with, with um, going to maybe parallel universes and things like this. So this is a story about a this guy and I'm gonna call him Andy, okay? So when Andy was a little boy, probably about five years old, he was in a car crash. So now he's grown and he says, I believe that I died in that car crash. And people ask him, okay, you had a near-death experience, and you came back, and you recall you have some memories of this NDE? And he's saying, no, I believe that I died. And so his mother is like, okay, well, if you died, then Where's my son and who are you? And things like this. Like it's not making sense to her and it's not making sense to other people. Like, okay, you died, but you're here. So what are you trying to tell us? What he states is, number one, and this is really something, guys, okay? Number one, before the car crash. He had blonde hair and blue eyes. After the car crash, and apparently he was in the hospital for a little while, but afterwards he had darker hair, almost like brunette, and his eye color had also changed. Now his eyes are green. Yes, this, yes. So, all right. What does this mean? He said when he was in that, I guess, kind of like a comatose state, he said there were entities who took his spirit. Out of that body and put it in a different body so these creatures took his spirit out of the blonde haired blue eyed body and put it in the body of a brunette with green eyes he has pictures of how he looked before the car crash And he was a blonde with blue eyes. And afterwards, I'm not going to, his hair wasn't like real dark, but it was darker. He was no longer a blonde. And his eyes are green. So it comes to where certain people have asked him, all right, so who were these people or entities who did this switch? who made this switch, all right? Or are we talking about aliens? And he said, no, they looked like demons. He said they were demonic looking entities who did this. See, so what we have here is we have a story where there is proof, okay, that This guy looked one way before the crash and another way afterwards. But then, why doesn't his mother notice? What does his mother say? Oh yeah, he did have blonde hair and blue eyes. And now his hair is darker. Maybe she says that, well, his hair got darker as he got older. But how would that explain the eye color change? Think about this one, guys. In a way, all right, this is kind of like maybe he did travel to another dimension while he was in this slight uh, coma, but that wouldn't explain the change. How he his current body is uh, different than his previous one. This is another strange story difficult to grasp because in my opinion, there are so many loose ends here. These things are not connecting. I I just, and what about his dad? Did his dad notice? I'm telling you, I would definitely notice anyone who went in the hospital As a blonde and who came out as a brunette and different color eyes, I would notice. Think about it. What does that say to you? Does it say anything at all? I don't know this person. I have heard this story. But it just. When you think that this is the only one, it isn't. This is not the only case like this. There have been others. As well as, how do you explain? All right, so you have this guy and this girl and they're driving down the road and they get into a car crash. It's pretty severe, severe enough for the guy who was driving to have to be hospitalized. And he was in the hospital for a little while, like a week. He comes out of the hospital and all right, they're continuing their life and his girlfriend, they're, they're continuing. And everything is fine. He's on the mend. But his girlfriend doesn't remember the car crash. She's like, what car crash? What are you talking about? And she's not the one who was injured. Yeah. What does that say to you? Two people in the same car in a car crash and the one who isn't injured doesn't recall the car crash? It defies everything. The person who would have been hospitalized may be the one I would think would not recall the car crash because there is something that happens to a lot of people where their memory will be blocked out of traumatic experiences to try to keep Sanity, like a defense mechanism. But not in this case. It's the one who wasn't injured who doesn't recall the car crash. Very strange. It's so strange that I can't grasp this. I am trying. But I have to tell you, I can't find, like, uh, any way to explain this. So those are just some things that I wanted to come on and share with you. Even though these stories about the, these last two stories I told you aren't really what you would, some people might not consider them paranormal, but they are. These are paranormal. Very strange also and very interesting. I'm looking around for some similar things like this. As well as I'm gonna get back into the spirit board probably on Tuesday I'm back in my shack now and I'm going to um, if I am able to come in here on Tuesday I'm going to get back into some of that also all right so that's about all I have for now I hope you guys found these interesting as well as I'm going to tell you these are not made up these are not fiction These are all true. I don't just come on and tell you guys anything that anyone just happens to say. I have to really look around and vet these stories the best that I can. So these, you really got to think about this. I mean, for me, it's these last two. I just, I'm telling you, having a really hard time trying to figure these out. But I know that um, you guys are smart. You guys will come to your own conclusions. And I will look around for more. Let me know if you like these. And uh, whatever else you might want to hear. Like I said, I'll be getting back into the spirit board on Tuesday. All right? You know, you can always submit stories and contact me, maybe underscore Maria at Outlook.com. I love hearing from you guys. I appreciate you joining me and tuning in. Have a great rest of your day. I'll be talking to you soon. Ciao.